0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Language for Liberation. This is your boy OG Bakker, Baca, aka Bakari Ibrahim, here with my illustrious philosophical guest, uh, Mister Barrett Holmes Pitner, uh, here to discuss, you know, another word this week. So, uh, how you doing this week, man? What's going on?
1: I'm good, man. I'm I'm same old stuff. Another another yeah. week, another word.
0: Another week, another word. I feel it, man. I feel it. It's uh, definitely been another roller coaster of a week. I guess the big thing that happened in between last week and this week is Chadwick Bozeman passed away.
1: Bruh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll say, I think psychologically today was like the day I kind of like hadn't gotten over it, but got more like my regularness. But oh, nah, yeah, hit, that hit that you know, no one knew what was co- no one knew what was happening. That he was sick, and then you find out he had done all those movies while he had cancer, and you're just like, "Yo, bruh, <laughs> this is." And he, you know, you could see he, with everything he was doing, he knew it was like it was big picture where he'd yep. be like, "I might, I, I, I very well may not be here to watch these movies, so I got to make movies so that everyone can see and make them all like legendary." And it's like that's just incredible. Yeah,
0: crazy od, crazy shocking news! I was actually scrolling through Disney Plus and was like, uh, "Am I? Do I need to watch Black Panther right now?" Well, and this was before I found out. Literally, I was scrolling through, and then what did I watch? I think I might to watch like Civil War, <laughs> and then like I, as soon yeah. as I turned it off and checked Twitter, it's you know Chadwick Bozeman is trending, and I'm like, "Oh, now it's Black Panther two, some something, something," and it was like not what I was expecting at all.
1: Yeah, uh, no, like. I immediately thought about, I think it was maybe two, three months ago, like Chadwick Bozeman posted something on Instagram about some, like, some organi- something he was supporting. It was like a good cause. And he, like, looked all skinny and stuff.
0: Yeah, I remember that, too.
1: And everyone, like, on 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 Twitter was just like, yo, what up with Chadwick Bozeman? And it was like, and it was in that, that really toxic discourse where America's finding some way to, like, criticize people and be like need to go to the yeah, gym like, what, like what's he eating
0: what's going like? on with him right yeah
1: and it's like you I, I remember those days where people were almost like that day or so where it was kind of like people were like laughing at Chadwick Bozeman on the internet kind of because he was skinny and now yeah. we find out that like the dude had cancer for four years and this makes you like it's one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of like social media because everyone just likes to right. like jump on it and make these like quick judgments about stuff he don't know what's going on and it's just oh like thinking about those days where people were like criticizing Chadwick Boseman when he like went and said something good to support people and they were like he looks skinny and it's like he right. had stage four cancer at that time decided he like he knew he was skinny like he knew he wasn't right. like, looking he decided
0: it. to put himself out there right and that's all people really took from it
1: yeah he put put himself out there to help other people and the internet like responds by being like he need to go to the gym it's like yo this is just we live in a place where people just don't know how to do good stuff Chadwick Boseman does but like man that hit me yeah
0: that was it's definitely um you know made you look at like a lot of our humanity a lot cuz you know definitely in the in the after you know a lot of people have been talking about just that you know how people were talking about him and you know how many people didn't know, and it's just like a it's a lesson for everyone on the internet that like yo you just don't know what people are going through, you just don't you know you can't always just speak on a whole bunch of things like
1: yeah, I will say that here's another you know, and I'll, we'll talk about this in future podcasts, but you know we have this altars project that we're gonna be doing mm-hmm. quite quickly, and so I did feel not good, but it's like you know what, like Chabot Bozeman will be on my altar, and that kind of felt. Nice to be like. Yeah, there's already a thing that we're cultivating that like helps keep his uh his work and spirit alive. That can be like replicated, and that was that was kind of cool. But you know, in yeah, a future podcast, we're, we're like we're we're gonna formally introduce the alters Project in like a, a week or so. So we'll talk about that more in a future podcast. Uh, um, oh. but yeah, no, Chadwick Bozeman, yeah, no.
0: yeah, rest in peace, Bozeman. Um, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about our word this week on guest, which means angst, anxiety, and dread, which is, you know, I'm sure for many of our audience members, that's, you know, the word of the times, (laughs) angst, anxiety, and dread. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I'm really curious, uh, you know, we, you know, we're damn near six months into a quarantine right now, and this is the first time that we're getting this word. So why this word? (laughs) now why this word today what brought you to it why why is this the word the word this week on guest
1: it's one of those funny things i think without me realizing it like i know a lot of obscure words that people so like this is just like a word that's in my but like, i just think about it and i it's oh yeah i it just it just kind of like faded away all the other mm-hmm. words were like popping into my head with like a greater urgency and this one was just like in the background but i think last week's word nervensterka kind of precipitated this word because you know, like nerve strength. You need nerve strength to kind of deal with with so much of what's going on in in the world, and that's you, people create practices to cultivate nerve strength. And so, and to learn more about nerve strength, you know, listen to last week's podcast. It's all about it's all about nerve and nerve strength. Um, and so, I felt that guests would be a, a proper. Follow up podcast because so one thing when I thought about Nerv and sturka is that people have just anxiety all the time in the u s and I think we actually encourage people to just like exist in a way where anxiety is the default or like you just have anxiety, and that's just that's just how it is you just I have anxieties, let me have anxiety or like you know i'm I'm stressed or whatever and it's it That always seemed like a really strange idea that we just are accustomed and just expect people to have anxiety mm-hmm. um and like sturka was a way to you know address how to like cope with anxiety, but then the next question is like, why do we have anxiety? why is that yeah. like why does that exist And Angest kind of goes to this you know um this this Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote a whole book about this word just it's you know the the english translation is the concept of anxiety and he brought this idea of anxiety into the world in the 1840s Mm -hmm. and how he sees it and this i'll just quote from the book but anxiety is the dizziness of freedom and that's a very big statement and so you know he elaborates on that quite a bit but like The dizziness of freedom is what happens when, as a person, you recognize that there's infinite possibilities within freedom. And that's not infinite as in, like, infinitely good things. It's infinitely good things, infinitely bad things, infinitely mediocre things, just infinite stuff. And living within this this infinite constantly moving constantly in flux environment you know gives people anxiety and what people far too often try to do is like limit their perspective make things Mm -hmm. less less uh, static more still more finite to kind of get rid of anxiety or or they'll 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 give themselves medication or consume alcohol so that they are like numb to all of the infinite around them. And he he viewed this as anxiety is a thing that like comes with freedom. Yeah. And if you want to live in a free society, you are going to have an anxiety. You should have it, but then you should also create structures so that you can deal with it but you can't like can't numb yourself to it you can't cure anxiety it's just something that is going to happen due to being aware of the the infiniteness and i just think that's so significant you know i think that's a really great way to look at it
0: it's a yeah that's a it's a fascinating way to look at it you know for me as like a as an entrepreneur and kind of like, you know, the way I look at entrepreneurism is like kind of like the breaking out of the matrix, especially for someone like me who has worked in corporate and kind of has worked through like those systems up to a point, right? And so through the journey of entrepreneurship, like it was the first time that I really said like, yo, I'm anxious about things. So I was able to properly diagnose feelings that I've had in the past about certain things through anxiety. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting, you know. It, what brought me to it is when you said the dizziness of freedom, because like as an entrepreneur, like I can make money how I want, I can set my days up how I want, but then everything is not as finite and doesn't have a pathway as it once did, Mm -hmm. you know, or that pathway is much more responsible for on me in which that does cause that dizziness that you, that, you know, is defined as, and that those infinite possibilities, you know, you end up, you know, spinning around at night and like, trying to organize your thoughts just in some way to work through that, which also leads me to like a wellness context, but I think we'll get uh, there later in our conversation. But I want to talk about like how anxiety is like the default here in the United States, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. cause when you said that, I, I initially thought like, you know, people also sometimes, or it, it sometimes seems as if like anxiety is a badge of honor. Or like in past episodes where we talk about like busy is good or like, you know, busy is the way that you have to be. And so, you know, that goes back to concepts that we talked about of, of like, you know, the constant labor culture that we have here oh. and the constant which causes anxiety. And it it always comes back to the flip of things that we see as positive that are actually negative when it comes to our humanity, our culture and how we interact with people. So, you know, how do you see that like aligning and in, in how do you react to that?
1: So, yeah, good questions. So they're complicated answers. So I think, so first of all, I think American like ideas of freedom are that like freedom doesn't come with dizziness that freedom comes with just like clarity and like, you just like, you see it, you know, you, it's, 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 it's calm and simple. Like you just have your freedom. So then the question is like, why would anyone view it like that? And one thing I, I think about is like America's ethnocidal. And so by it being ethnocidal, it's bifurcated. We're like the stuff that, colonizers white people by and large don't want to do or that would give them anxiety those things just get pushed to like a whole other group of people you know like if you're like a slave owner you're not really worried where your next meal is going to come from you you literally like ruin people's lives to ensure that you don't have to think about that stuff you know Uh, (laughs) you protect that right and so, like all the all the things, like in your path to stability, is quite clear. It's like so long as I just keep on ruining these people's lives, my life is set for for ages. You know, like I'm good. It's clear. This freedom is simple. I got it. And so, I think that the our, our misconception of freedom is because like the narrative of freedom came from like people that owned people, and there was no anxiety so long as they just like ruined people's lives. So now we look at it like in the modern day, the things that make people anxious. And a lot of times it's not just like the natural freedom of existence. Like the things that give people anxiety in the U S are like man-made things. Like we have anxiety. We have a lot of anxiety about the stability of our job or can we afford this thing or that thing? They're all stuff that we've created. It's all notions of like, creating scarcity so that like other people can profit and have like a, a still calm concept of freedom. Other people are constantly anxious all the time because there's really, you know, there's, there's not really supposed to be an escape from that anxiety. Like you're supposed to be anxious forever so that one group of people are never, ever anxious. Right. And so, I think American anxiety is many ways due to like an absence of freedom because the people that are the most anxious are people of color, people who are uh, poor and people who, you know, we have like a whole class of people now that are kind of like middle class, but also poor. Like, you know, you have a house, but you also have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans you have this thing and that thing and you know that like if you lose that paycheck you might not be able to stay in your house your kid might not be able to go to the private school you you know you if you default on your student loans your credit score your credit will go down uh right you know so even though like you're stable you're still paycheck to paycheck you still have tons of anxiety right. and it, like you have that anxiety because America just created it that way so that, like, you just live in anxiety forever. And so, so, yeah. So,
0: you know, that makes me think about, like, you know, these last six months of COVID-19 and quarantine and, you know, this this recession market crash that we've going through and just how much of a realization that it's been on a mass scale of, you know, just how thin that ice is for a lot of people. Right. you know, from essential workers to the middle class, you know, it really started with like the people that were hit first and like the hospitality and the the serving industry, you know, and, yeah. and those people that have to do that kind of work. But then as it like proliferated up in up the class, if you will, and up through society, and you kind of saw like just how much the companies were living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> and, you know, they only had two months to run off of, you know, and people really only had two weeks to a month to run off of you know it's been really crazy to see that and a lot of people are dealing with that in mass you know and i think that leads to what you talked about before when like people then uh you know act out and then you have like you know the substance abuse or people that are drinking and smoking and and doing illicit behavior just to cope um in the ways that people use to cope because it's not always illicit behavior it's sometimes you know you see the baking and you know picking up arts and crafts yeah
1: gardening (laughs) like you know all sorts yeah
0: all all the all of those things i've done all those things (laughs) so yeah that brings me to, to like the wellness aspect of it um because we've talked about i think what we're we're talking about is working around the the angst rather than working through the angst. And what are the ways that we can work through angst? You know, what are those ways that we can kind of move away from the ethnocidal culture that we have and kind of move through a way of dealing with angst in a positive way?
1: Right, yeah, and and I I think like our ethnocidal culture kind of projects that you shouldn't have anxiety. That like, that's just like a thing, like if you're good at stuff, you just shouldn't have any anxiety. Yeah. at the same time, like everyone has anxiety, but they're like, almost like ashamed or, or they're either like ashamed of being super anxious or like overly bold about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: And it's, it's more like, if you have a society that has freedom, there's going to be anxiety no matter what. That's, that's what comes with it. Now, the thing that you have to do is create structures so that people can just adequately deal with the inevitable opposed to like imagining that the inevitable doesn't exist or shouldn't exist It's like no like if i have you know like for example just say i have to make some sort of decision for SEL, some Mm -hmm. some arbitrary thing and there's five choices i could make if i think that i have to make all that if i imagine that there shouldn't be five choices, that there should be one clear choice, and it should be just really easy. The fact that five exist will be like, Oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then if I don't have anybody around me, that I can ask their opinion, or get, you know, consult or talk to, then having five choices will be overwhelming. Because then I and especially if I'm imagining that there's only going to be one choice, and it's going to be really, really clear and simple, and I won't have any of this like deliberation. Right. Basic structures like that of making sure that you have people that you can talk to about ideas and say, you know what, I'm going to come to this one, and you know what, if that one doesn't work out, I'll be all right. Well, you know, yeah. I got I got it. I got a a structure, a practice to you know help me convince myself to like get back up after I fell down or have an institution that says, Hey, you know, we, we think it makes sense to help Barrett financially as he like recovers from a mistake that and everyone's going to make mistakes because if you have an infinite amount of choices, no one's going to make all the right choice all the time, just stuff like that. But we don't think like that. We, that's just not a thing that America thinks about. And it's because I don't think we have a adequate concept of, Freedom. We think that freedom shouldn't make you dizzy. Yeah. And, and I also think to connect to like a pr- earlier word, I think the notion, because cause this idea came out, this book, The Concept of Anxiety, where angest was introduced into the world, was mm-hmm. in the 1840s. It didn't get translated into English until the 1940s. Interesting. And the, the, the notion of lapel du vide in France kind of came about after the dizziness of freedom. So I think like they're actually like quite similar terms, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're in a high place, you, you kind of do get like physically dizzy because you know that you, you do have the freedom to jump off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so mm. I, I, I think about those terms quite a bit. It's almost like the same thing, except, you know, one of them was said in Danish. The other one was said in French. And now we're talking about the English translation of these two similar ideas that came about, you know, maybe 60 years apart.
0: Yeah, because now it's like, we've almost done like a trilogy of like, (laughs) of this cause and effect reaction of like choice that it kind of sounds like, and kind of like the reactions to it. You know, when you have the ability to do whatever, that freedom to do whatever, you will have on one side anxiety, or will you have the nerve strength to work through it? You know, right. and and I think that's what's that's that's an interesting thought.
1: And it's also like if you have freedom, and I think this also goes to like this notion of essence, which is another previous word that we've done. Like we haven't done a podcast on essence because we started the podcast yet, right? after after the words, the newsletter. But like in that newsletter, essence is this weird. European idea that basically you are what your mind thinks you are opposed to like you being just like in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our work is existential which talks about that you are just like you just be like you're in existence. And like du vide is clearly saying like you aren't just what your mind thinks you are because sometimes your mind thinks that you are something that should jump off a cliff and just die. Or in like, right, right. Their lives, So clearly you're not that. But I, I think these, this notion of like essence makes people think that they are good or they are bad. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you just exist. And sometimes you do good stuff and you should be, re- you know, responsible for the good things you do. And sometimes you do bad stuff and you should be responsible for the bad stuff that you do. And hopefully a society can create things to help you be the better iteration of yourself or that your bad stuff has have fewer ramifications
0: i have a very interesting analogy or metaphor that that made me think of i saw a clip of gilbert arenas talking about how he cheers on his son for or the, why he does not cheer on his son during basketball games okay. like he just watches his son play the game whether he shoots and he misses or he shoots and he makes the shot he does not emote mm-hmm. anything and um he was having a conversation between someone was interviewing him but it was him and his son and his son was like yeah I noticed how like a lot of like my play, like my friends would like look to the stands and then like look for their parents to be like yeah 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 and so Gilbert Arena said yeah I don't do that because you're constantly looking for highs and then when you have lows, you don't know like what to do. And then when I go, Oh, like that sucks. Like you take the lows harder, mm-hmm. you know? So like you're that building up your behavior of that reaction, uh, between like good and bad. And I think that's what like has kind of encapsulated like most of, most of us, if not everyone is like this flow between good and bad that we're trying to balance out that causes us to have an anxiety when really we should just be in a per. A state of hey, we're just learning, or we're just being and moving through.
1: So, a hundred percent, and like I think, you know, a lot of what Gilbert's doing is like Gilbert is able to do that because he knows how to be good at basketball.
0: Right. Know? He had the nerve strength. He's 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 kind of optimizing nerve strength to even understand
1: that. Agent yeah. Zero definitely had nerve and Sterka when he played basketball. There's like no, up. <laughs> no no denying that. Like but like the key a key thing about culture and this is one of the problems with america being so ethnocidal is that culture is like a continuation of the traditions and practices that your ancestors your parents have cultivated that helps them be good and they mm-hmm. have an obligation to like instill that in you and if america is a place that tries to destroy culture then it makes it very hard for parents to know what they need to tell their kids about how to yeah. be good at things because there's, you know, and and frankly, like I think white people have a very hard time with this because if they look oh, right. further into the past, their ancestors are not nearly as nice of people as they'd like to be. So they can't right. like, they can't copy. It's hard that. to emulate. Right. Yeah, like right. if you, if you're a white person now and you're trying to emulate the morals of your white parent who lived during Jim Crow, there's gonna be some like a grandparent. There's gonna be some mm-hmm. like issues with their perspective that you aren't gonna want to continue, like some profoundly serious ones, you right. know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like black people, we don't really have that issue. We're gonna find a bunch of like really great black people who are just underappreciated and taken advantage of, but like have good practices that we can continue. And so, right. so I, I, I say this because. Freedom provides a dizziness, and so you then have to figure out various pathways to cope with that anxiety, to cope with that dizziness, to instill in other people. Like you know, Sturka is is a one one way that you can instill that into people. Like Gilbert Arenas, he flat out knows. Like if my kid's trying to be, if I, if I want my kid to be good at basketball, I can't have him depending on me to emotionally make him feel good. When he makes a shot, or or him or him feeling bad when he misses a shot, it's like no, no, no. We have to just get him focused on just being good at basketball by himself, without me yeah. needing to be there. Because like he ain't Gilbert Reeds ain't gonna be able to go to all of his basketball games. Right? Maybe, Maybe Gilbert, you know, he could. he mean, he's got enough money to fly everywhere, but he's gonna be busy. You know, because so <laughs> the Wizards are
0: probably still paying him. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: he, he's uh but he has to have a philosophy about how to do it and i think you know like one to talk about parenting oh, this is so this is like kind of serious but like i remember when i wanted to be focused more on philosophy i it hit me i don't think i had a philosophy about like that i could tell like a future kid of mine mm-hmm. how to be good at stuff i could teach him how to be like relatively successful in america but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be a good person. It would just mean like he'd be a person that like knows how to make enough money to like not right. go through the motions yeah. And, and and like learn how to do stuff so that like the cops don't kill him. But like, mm-hmm. is that what makes a good person? I don't think so. Like it shouldn't yeah. be. And so the, I, I I actually did a lot of thinking so that like a hypothetical future Barrett Jr. or whoever, you know, boy, girl don't really matter. Like I could tell them some stuff that wasn't total BS. Yeah, and I look a lot at like parenting right now, and it's all just a lot of anxiety. Like, yeah, there's just a bunch yeah. of anxiety. There's a
0: bunch of anxiety, a bunch of trauma.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there. It's like the anxiety that I think America induces in people by like creating anxious structures where like there's workplace instability. There's you know various financial instabilities there is instability regarding health there's instability regarding like what institutions you can trust can you even can you trust the police can you trust the government if this this or this thing that this this company that needs my credit card to purchase something can i trust that they're not going to sell my information to some other company and but i was like
0: trust that they're not going to get hacked right
1: (laughs) yeah it's like there's just so much anxiety that like our society just creates on purpose it's crazy And then you just throw on top of it just the basic anxiety that comes with being alive and having, like, freedom. And so, like, for a place that says that you have freedom, and there are definitely – we have freedoms that some places don't have. But I'm not going to deny, mm-hmm. deny that. But, like, those freedoms give you anxiety. And then you throw on top of it all of the structures that America creates just to make people anxious. It's like, oh, All there is now is, like, a narrative of, like, expecting people to be anxious all the time without like an understanding of like why you're anxious or how you can cope with being anxious, and so this kierkegaard uh concept that like anxiety is something that comes with freedom, I think it's really helpful and then it and then yeah. you, you know, now you now have the freedom to cultivate you know like nerve and sterka and then get some nerve strength uh to <laughs> deal with it and so yeah oh, man, so no, nah. um you live in a weird place not
0: for sure man for sure um and the idea of raising children um kind of just struck me and i think i think i want to come back to that on another episode because i think i think that there's another i think we can find another word to ex- totally explore uh the ethno side of having to raise children amongst this madness
1: <laughs> totally that'll be that'll be a future episode this, this episode has been alluding to future episodes and past episodes quite a bit I, I
0: think that's what's perfect. Cause see, you know, I think that's what's beautiful about the, the concept is that, you know, it builds the, you see how the language now is starting to overlap. And I hope that I know that's what's happening for me. And I hope that it's happening for our audience. Um, that's, you know, pacing along with us, but dope. Um, any final thoughts on, on guests?
1: Yeah. So the last thing I would say actually continues with what you just brought up is like Kierkegaard made this word or, you know, popularized the word in the 1840s. And it didn't get translated into English until the 1940s. And so, like, the word anxiety and angst, or like the word angst specifically. It's
0: less than 100 years
1: old. Right. It's brand new. And so, I think we really like to think that language is static. And, you know, clearly we know that language evolves. Everyone knows that. But the idea of just bringing in new words that you just use... Like every day, I think people have a hesitation for that to that, but in reality, like a lot of the words that we use now that we think have been around for a long, long time are brand new words, and they're like words that yeah. people are creating to help us understand and live within like the evolving society that we live in and like one thing that's like really weird about the u s is when it comes to new words, we're really comfortable making new words regarding business we all talk about google all the time and google became like a verb like you google things google something right that's just like a name that these dudes came up with for a company so like Mm -hmm. we have no hesitation to start using new words regarding people trying to sell us stuff Mm -hmm. but like to you using new words to help us like become better people Lot of hesitation for that, yeah, that seems really, right. really strange, and you know, you know one of the things for this podcast that's so important is like, yeah, like these words connect, they come together and help create a new a new language for liberation, a new dialogue where you now can say these you have new concepts for existence and how you do things, like one of the first words that i I brought in that people started saying a lot was geist. People say geist mm-hmm. to me all the time. It's a brand new word. Not not new word, like it's it's an old German word. But like in yeah, English. Yeah, but it's new to it's new to use in English, right? It's like just you know, and people have asked me on my pot in the newsletter, how do we apply this word in English? It's like you just say it. Like you just say yeah. it. you just say geist. You say lapel de vide, or you could say call the call of the void. Or, you know, in some of the words like on I don't necessarily think we need to say angest all the time, but you should right. know that it exists. And have that knowledge influence when you say, how you perceive anxiety or angst. Right. Or dread. Now right. it's like, ah, there's another level to these words I already know. And so. Right. So instead uh, of
0: now working around it, <laughs> you can now work through it because, you know, if you've defined it, you know what it right. is. Right.
1: And like, you know, nerve and Stirka, I don't necessarily believe people are going to start saying this German word all the time. But they might say nerve strength. Right. There you go. That right, thing, that they thing. know
0: Mamba mentality,
1: like a hundred percent. Like and so yeah, we if it, if if people create words that pertain to a sport or to making money, we're all about using those. All about it. <laughs> other words that are like exist solely to like make you better at existence. We're like uh, I don't know, that's a weird one. We need yeah. to change that. And so so yeah, I dig. That's that man.
0: Dope. Well, dope, man. Thanks for this, uh, you know, deep dive on, on guest. you know, angst, anxiety, and dread. Um, you know, this has been fascinating, and I think uh, I'm going to sit with this one uh, after today. So um, thank you for that deep dive, bro. This has been Language for Liberation, a production of the Sustainable Culture Lab. You can listen to more episodes on SCL radio on your favorite podcast platform, or you can log on online at scl.community.com. And please sign up for our newsletter where you can get, you know, deep dives on this word, things that are going on, our virtual events, um, and more things coming soon from the Sustainable Culture Lab.
1: Yeah, yeah. The newsletter is called The Word. It comes out every Sunday at 11. We just send you one email a week. So we're not bombarding you with a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. This was a, you know, I had fun. Peace. Later.